Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. How are you this week? I'm doing I'm doing well, and I'm happy to report that I have been cast as the voice of Mario. So, <gasps> really? Yeah. It's because your email, isn't it? They were like, wow, this guy is dedicated. It's true. And uh, and really, it was it was all thanks to the fans who got really upset that Chris Pratt was uh, was hired, so they got me to, to come in <laughs> and voice Mario. So much confidence in your voice there. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is what uh, they're going for. <laughs> you know, you, you didn't want fun-loving Chris Pratt, so you got serious, calm, and collected uh, Mario. So we're here. Yeah. Let's go. And uh, we've got lots to discuss <laughs> oh, tonight. All right, well, let's jump right into it because um, you kind of you got a lot more time in Tales of Arise. It looks like <laughs> the show notes, based on what's in here, it's like three times as much as anything he's written in the last True. like three years. You guys, <laughs> I thought you were going to go into your uh, into your essay of the Mario movie casting, but I guess we'll save that for the. <laughs> well, I thought we were going to save that for we when are. we talked about the direct in news. You it's threw true. Me right off. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, no, it's true. I just I just wanted to get that joke out there while it was fresh in my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been playing a lot of Tales of Arise over the last three weeks. It's crazy to think that this game has been out for uh three weeks but i have been sort of uh plugging away at it i i have been uh i got distracted by uh life is strange true colors but now that that's completed I, i've kind of gone back to tales of horizon and really put some time into it and uh, this is a this is a jrpg in the long celebrated uh, tales franchise it's out on ev everything but the switch i think yeah it's a ps4 ps5 xbox pc and uh, I'm playing on the PlayStation 5. It is a dual purchase game. So if you buy it on PS4, you're automatically upgraded to the PS5 version. It's the same. I believe it's the same game. I don't know if you can like toss your saves across because I know on the PlayStation side, there's like this that's always been a big deal. So I don't want to necessarily sit here and say, yeah, play on your PS4, then you can automatically upgrade. I'm sure there is like a save like transfer function, but I don't. I don't know for certain. So just if you're thinking of purchasing on PS4 and, and know you're going to get a PS5, just look into that. Cause it is a, it's a pretty hefty game. Like it's a, like if you get 30 hours through and you got 30 hours more to go, you don't necessarily want to start over um, when you've got your new, your new console. But uh, I am, I am playing on PlayStation five and I got to say like the game looks fantastic like it it is a it is a jrpg it's a it's an anime game so it's got like that very um anime style so when you said it was part of the tales series mm. i was like the tales series so i looked it up and i actually played one of these games back in 2003 so i played tales of symphonia yes <laughs> i did too like, way back in the day <laughs> yeah yeah the, i i my first tales game was tales of symphonia on the gamecube and i remember renting it and it was at the time where i'd we would rent games multiple weekends i don't know uh how we got away with it but essentially we would just like reserve it at blockbuster and call my dad at work because we lived in the middle of nowhere and he worked in town and be like hey you got to go to blockbuster we reserved a game bye and uh <laughs> You know, and that's how we probably uh, they ended up just buying Smash because we kept renting it. But that's when renting games was was 
not not too expensive but anyways uh yeah tales of symphonia is a, is a game that i remember playing on the gamecube and, and loving and i have not played uh, a tales game since i've i've always wanted to kind of go back to the franchise but uh i felt like with arise it was a good opportunity because um the developers were really pushing this as you know they've they put a lot of effort into this to make this like the the best version of a tales game that they can offer you know uh targeting both next gen and uh and previous generations of consoles and you know trying to tell this um this this complex story of it's not just you're the hero and you're well you are the hero and you're on your journey to save the world like as is every most right. uh, <laughs> rpgs but like i think where they they've kind of, you know, pivoted is that there are these two uh, factions um, where one is uh, one is a more technologically advanced civilization. This is the the Renans. And they kind of they kind of arrive on this. I think it's like a moon uh, that they've constructed. Um, and then there's this this other uh, group of folks who are more of like a they're I don't know if they, they call it more like medieval style, like they're not quite as technologically as advanced as the Renans. These are the Danans who are, and and then basically like, oh, the, it seems like it's everything's fine, but then you know, quickly in the story, it's like, no, nah, it wasn't. Um, the Renans like kind of just took over uh, the Danans. They ended up enslaving all the people of Danan, and uh, for over three hundred years, they've been making them toil uh, to, uh, I don't know, like it's. It's a very anime story, but essentially they are making all of the Danans work in these various factories, mines, and such, so that they can sort of um, uh, what's what's what are they doing? They're they're like siphoning their astral energy, so they're using their like the effort that they put that forth. Is super anime. <laughs> yeah, they're they're using the the effort they put forth to create this astral energy that they then collect. And and uh, you'd think, oh, they're collecting it to like power some sort of like machine. No, they're actually collecting it to see who can collect the most astral energy to figure out who gets to be king of of the Renans. And again, I don't think I'm getting this wrong, but it feels like I am. But I'm pretty sure this is the story. And uh, so essentially, they have this like they call it the crown contest. So whoever collects the most astral energy in a certain period of time gets to be the king of basically everybody and uh the way they collect this astral energy is through enslaving all these people and and making them work and 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 anyways you play as the dan in resistance you're you start off as the main character um who's known as iron mask because he's wearing an iron mask and uh but it's not really a spoiler i'm sure this is kind of the the thing when like because i'm assuming that this was you know, not created like English first, like it's translated, right? Yeah, it's a Japanese uh, game. Yeah, yeah, it's a Japanese game. So th thank you. And so it's I feel like maybe like Iron Mask might be something <laughs> like more elegant <laughs> in the native language. And in when it gets translated to English, it's so literal and sounds really weird. <laughs> yeah. And it's only for a little bit. It's like the first couple hours of the game that he has the mask and then you, you do a, you do your first boss battle against one of the Lords. So essentially the idea is that you were trying to, well, the start of the game, I'm only like two, uh, I'd, I'd call them sections in where um, you're trying to kill the five Lords that have 
that that are basically um, ruling over the five regions of of uh, Dana, and um, so it it starts off with that first battle against the first lord. He kind of hits you, you know, anime style. Like he he uses his sword and he kind of he 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 hits your mask, but doesn't like do enough damage to to kill you, but does enough damage to break the mask. And then there's this big. Re- oh, by the way, your char- the main character has amnesia this whole time. I should have mentioned that at the beginning. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not I'm not making fun. Like I gotta say, I'm really enjoying the game. But like the story starting out, it there's really cool parts. But then there's like the the tropey JRPG stuff. So he has amnesia. But when his mask gets broken and you see half his face, which is on the box, it's not a spoiler. He remembers his name, but that's about it. And his name is Alfin. And uh, he's the main character, but you're joined by uh, many other characters that are joining your party. I've recruited uh, three characters so far. Right at the beginning of the game, you uh, end up befriending. Well, not befriending. You, she she does not like you. But essentially, you uh, <laughs> you team up with um, a Renan who is, who is on the run. And she is unique because uh, she has what's called, I think, she's got this like thorn power. So anybody who touches her basically gets electrocuted and shot across the room. Um, but the unique part about Alfin, I also should have mentioned this, he can't feel pain. He he had amnesia ah. and, he, and he can't feel pain. So whenever he touches um, uh, the, the, I think it was Shion, whenever, whenever he touches Shion, he doesn't get hurt because he doesn't feel pain. He doesn't get shot across the room. He's fine. So it's kind of weird that you have this character that cannot be touched because she has this like, she a curse basically, and he can't feel pain. So that's the general setup of the story. Like you are, he wants to take out the Lords because he obviously wants to save his people. She wants to take out the Lords. Doesn't really explain why. She keeps that to herself, at least early on. But she's very adamant that she wants to um, work together to, to take out all these Lords. And and that's the basic setup for the game is, is that's your journey is you're going region to region, um, working through and trying to take out these Lords and, uh, you know, the first area is very simple. It's like, you know, uh, it's basically, uh, there's this, it's a mining area. Um, you go up to the, you, you progress through the, the area and you, you free people and you, you kill the Lord and you move on to the next sort of section. The second section is a little more different. It's like a, it's like an ice region because the sun has been blocked out by the Lord and you're like trying to take out the Lord. And, um, there's, there's different setups like a, a, the resistance very small in the first region, but then you get to the second region. It seems like they're a little more organized because you know, there is there's rumor has spread. Yeah, exactly. It's a little <laughs> more organized there. And, uh, but, but also you get a sense that like, there's, there's more going on. Like they've set up a lot of like, um, like uh, they, they basically pay people to, to tattle on other folks in terms of like, if they're doing bad things against, or they're working for the the resistance or whatever. So it's from a story perspective, they they kind of are able to tell the you know a similar story throughout, but like each region feels unique. Like each region feels different both in look and feel and th- the story setup. It's not just like oh, I get to I got to move through this area, kill lore, go to the next. Like there's so far feels like they've uh they've set up this this scenario where you know, in the end, you're going to take out the Lord, but the journey to get there is, has been different both times so far. So that's been really, really nice. It makes me um, look forward to the next areas where it's, I know it's not just going to be like, 
walk in. All right, where's the Lord? Let's take him out. Okay, next area. You know, it's a little more complex than that in terms of uh, the story they're trying to tell. So that's been good. But uh, yeah, I've, I've, you know, story wise, it's really interesting. Visuals is really good. Uh, the combat is like super, like early on, very simple. But like as you move forward, it gets, you know, I wouldn't say complex. But more and more, it gets faster and faster, and and it's very flashy as well. So like you'll start a battle, and you can just you can use basic attacks, and then you have like combo. You have uh, power attacks, which they call arts, which are a little more fancier than just your standard attack. Like um, and and there are aerial attacks as well. But then as you move forward, you unlock these. Um, I think they're called uh, boost strikes. So that with these boost strikes, you you basically fill up a meter as you're fighting a single enemy and then that'll like it'll flash this blue square and it gives you the opportunity to hit somewhere on the d-pad and then that will like launch into this like animated attack where you and a, a fellow party member will basically do this finishing move on a character and usually that signifies the end of the battle and if you you get to a certain point where like that's happening very quickly so like even though there are monsters all over the map and you're and you're running into them and you're fighting them you know that battle's going to be fairly quick because um, the combat system is is very fast paced. So it feels it feels very snappy, which is good. And and combined with like the loading speeds of the next gen system, I feel like it works works really well. And, and you're not getting that fatigue that you would normally get with a JRPG, where it's like, oh, I got to fight like three more packs of wolves before I get to town, and this is going to be. <laughs> Well, that's actually why I bounced off of, I mean, I played a bit of Tales of Symphonia, but like in the end, I found that like, because that was that was back in the day and it was still um, like turn based combat. It wasn't active combat. And you were like it did the Pokemon thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the random encounters as you walk through the world. And it was so frustrating. (laughs) So I was like, all I want to do is get from like here to here. And in the meantime, I hit like five invisible enemies and I'm just like, ah, but it's right there. Like my destination's so close. (laughs) Yeah. You see all the monsters on, on like while you're walking around, it's all, um, all the monsters are rendered in real time. Uh, when you do run into the monsters, it does, you know, shift over to a uh, battle sequence. Uh, it is real-time battles. It's not turn-based. So you are moving around in an arena, and you have dodge mechanics and stuff that you can that you can use. And, and um, as the game progresses, you're getting more and more. So, like, if you do a perfect dodge, you get an ability to, like, follow up with that attack, which does a, usually does a critical. Um, you get more arts that you unlock throughout the game. And, um, you can, you can switch characters whenever you want. So if you're getting sick of the sword guy, you could shift over to the lady with the gun or the mage or, um, the, the brawler. So you can kind of move around. And I played the demo before the game came out and that demo drops you in at a point when you have all the characters at your disposal. And there are like, I think six or seven characters that you can unlock that are all unique, um, that you get throughout your journey. And the cool thing is that they are all in your party when you're fighting. So they may not all be on screen, but you can like through these boost strikes, you can summon those characters to do like a like a like a joint attack. And and again, it is a, this very like flashy animation that just feels super super cool. It's super anime, but super duper cool in that like you just you you know when you trigger it, you know you're you're basically done with this battle and you get this 
very uh, satisfying animation that that ends the battle which is which is super nice um but yeah like it's uh so far i'm really really digging it and it's a it's a more linear game so it's not um i don't know if this is a jrpg thing i i was kind of thinking about it when i was prepping the notes like are jrpgs known to be these like big massive worlds that you can just you go in the wrong direction and you kind of get lost like i feel like that's more of a western thing now that i'm thinking about it like honestly have no idea (laughs) yeah like i haven't played a a lot of you know i just i just try to think like i feel like i have played a few jrpgs recently i mean xenoblade chronicles 2 actually is probably a perfect example of like these giant giant worlds that if you decide i'm just gonna walk in this direction then all of a sudden you're nowhere near where you need to be but like i really appreciate in tales of arise where it is a it's a quite linear game but i don't think it's a negative in that you you just you just if you want to follow the critical path you can you're not missing critical things off that path there are areas that expand a little bit where you can kind of explore but like it's just enough extra area where you're encouraged to kind of go explore and get items and stuff or fight other monsters and find resources but it's not enough extra area where you feel like you're missing anything really important you know if you want to just skip it and keep going and follow the critical path to get to the story that's totally fine like you're maybe missing a couple of pieces of equipment or or resources that you 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 might not even need like depending on how you're playing the game you might not want to collect everything you might just want to experience the story which is perfectly fine but if you're enjoying the game and you're enjoying the combat like certainly going off the path and exploring other areas like they're not large enough where you feel like oh i've got an hour to play so if i go into a new sort of open region this is all i'm going to be doing is running around killing things and collecting stones like no like eventually you're going to exhaust that extra stuff and and have to move on to the story so it's a it's a it's a nice balance but i just i wonder like for folks who are looking for those massive open world jrpgs like this this isn't it but it makes up for what I wouldn't necessarily consider a fault, like, cause I really like the, the focused experience. Um, it makes up for that with like fast paced combat, you know, great story, great characters. And, uh, there are a lot of interstitial, like sort of skits that you can, you can watch, like as you're progressing, they kind of tell story through the, like these, uh, you can hit the R1 button and it, it pops up in the bottom part of your screen and says, Hey, there's a, there's a new, like sword, sort of a skit for you to watch. And it's just your characters having conversations about what's kind of been going on as if as if you're traveling with with these characters, because that's the thing is like you're you're traveling across um, Dan and with all these characters. And as you're progressing, like you're getting these uh, it feels like you're getting these these conversations that would likely happen between this group of characters as they're as they're traveling. So it's kind of a neat touch there, too. And I know that's been a that's been a tales staple for the last few games. Um so yeah, it's a, uh, there's a lot to love with this and it's, if you're looking for like a really good, I know a lot of people in the discord are way far ahead of me, but if you are looking for like a, a fun focused JRPG that has great combat and, and uh, a good story and, and good characters, it, this is one that you probably don't want to miss out on, especially if you are a fan of JRPGs. I think they really, they really nail it and it's, it's beautiful. The game looks amazing it runs really well. 
uh, on next gen hardware. I don't I don't know what it runs like on uh, previous gen, <laughs> but uh, I can say this: if you have a Series X or a PlayStation Five or a decent computer, I think this is uh, this is one to to be on the lookout for. That sounds really cool. I mean, like I I didn't realize that it was in the same like universe as or series as something I'd played in the past. So. I might give this a look. You've you've definitely sold it. Yeah. <laughs> like it sounds really cool. Yeah, it it is really cool and I think that uh you know the you know story-wise I think like for me there there are a lot of uh you know JRPGs that have characters that kind of like make your eyes roll or like story beats that is just like oh okay guys like where are we going? It is just a it's it's like a it's a it's just a mechanism to get you to the next fight the next boss the next whatever but i really feel like the story they've set up here um still fits within the jrpg anime sort of um stylings but it does feel like a more grounded sort of story they're trying to tell it's not super you know fantastical but they do get to those moments where it's like a character says, man, I'm going to punch that guy so hard he's going to die. And then sure enough, like he gets that opportunity and he punches him and it's got the, and, and and he dies. So like, there are those, those moments too. <laughs> right. Um, it's a good, it's, I feel like it's a really good balance. Whereas I feel like Xenoblade Chronicles two went in the other direction, <laughs> you know, from what we played it, it would go sort of more towards, uh, the anime side of things, like a little more silly. This one feels like it's it's got more of that serious tone to it, but still manages um, to have those those more you know funny or upbeat moments. But I just feel like Tales of Rise has a better balance on that side of things for sure. Very cool, very cool. Um, well, I'm looking forward to seeing about it when you're kind of all the way through it. I'm I'm assuming you're going to finish it. Yeah, well, I have to because this is a game that I'm playing through uh, for the update corner. So, oh, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. This was the this was the survey winner. Yes. So, yeah, if you want to follow along week to week, I will be updating uh, on the TGI Patreon mini, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. So, I I uh, I apologize if you're looking for like a really in depth like character names location names proper pronunciation <laughs> this you know what you're, you're in for. listening to the wrong show <laughs> <laughs> yeah like there's a reason i kind of didn't say a lot of character names and locations because i a don't remember them and if i did it's definitely not how to properly pronounce them so i did my best <laughs> but uh yeah there's there's a lot going on in this game it's very rich it's very deep and they've they've crafted a a pretty um a pretty crazy backstory for this world and i think they've uh they've really nailed it without it being too complex you know like they present just enough information where for me i'm not feeling overwhelmed like if you were to play a new mmo or something that just like here's all the lore by the way there's like six of these so study up <laughs> well speaking of new mmos funny you'd bring that up mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay I started playing New World this week, which is Amazon's um, newest game. I guess one of the only things that they've actually put out as opposed to starting in game. And so New World is okay. I'm going to preface this with I know nothing about this game. I heard about like I I basically I read an article that was like um, the original concept for the game was 
basically European colonizers going to the New World and fighting basically indigenous populations. And that really didn't sit right with me. And like the quotes from people who are on the dev team about the guy that made the game were like, he didn't even understand how maybe that would be offensive (laughs) and maybe that would make some people uncomfortable. So they have since changed, like removed all of those, um, I guess, like references or like the original concept of the game. And they've kind of changed it to um, you're fighting like zombified versions of other colonists, I guess as opposed to like a native population. So it's like, it's a little bit better, but it's still like, uh, I I don't know if it's a bold choice or a totally tone deaf choice to make a game and like an MMO about colonization in 2021. Like it just, it feels really tone deaf, but um, like I say, they have like removed all of those references and stuff. And I am not far enough in the game to know like what they've done, if anything, to kind of address some of those like real world themes. Because the other thing is too, and I mean, it's not like New World is the only MMO or like fantasy uh, game or even like movie, TV show, like all fantasy and I would say all sci-fi fantasy is guilty of this to one level or another of like appropriating cultures and and you know like using negative stereotypes and and i mean there's always got to be a bad guy and you got to pull that from somewhere and some of the places they pull from are not appropriate (laughs) so anyways um like i'm not necessarily i'm not giving anyone else a pass like warcraft does this like just uh, lord of the rings does this like (laughs) there's just it's not new world is not unique in that way so i'm kind of uh reserving judgment until I get a little bit further on to see like um, if those themes are a little bit more present and how they deal with them, if they deal with them at all. Um, But it did like it just oh my God, it felt like so when you get there, (laughs) you basically shipwreck onto this island. It's this magical, mystical place that's like impossible to find on a map. Uh, but it does exist within like our real world. And I think that that's why New World hits me a little bit harder with some of these themes than pretty much any other fantasy thing is that it's like it's fantasy, but based in our world as opposed to this magical, mystical place that exists on some other planet somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. When you first, like, see the map in the prologue, it's like, well, yeah, there's North America, South America, and there's all the arrows coming from Europe as everybody tries to race to this new world. It's like, oh. Oh, dear. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, and I mean, like, it also hits really weird for me because, like, literally on launch day of New World, when everyone is having issues with queues and whatever, like, my Twitter feed was, like, blowing up with this game Everything on Twitch was all of everybody playing New World. And at work that morning, I had literally been in a meeting, like listening to a survivor of a Canadian residential school. And like, because our um, National Day of Truth and Reconciliation is on Thursday. Um, so tomorrow, uh, September 30th. And so it was just like this, like wild, wild 
situation with these two different things like juxtaposed with each other. And I was like, oh my God, okay. So I'm like dealing with real world consequences of colonial actions at my job. And then also like my other job, we're glorifying it. And it just like, it just sits funny with me. So, but again, that's my own personal view and, you know, was like shaped or soured, depending on how you're looking at it, by reporting and internal um, not meant to be public documents, which is something that we seem to be getting a lot of lately. So yeah, anyways, um, so far in the game, there hasn't been anything that is like overtly, oh, shouldn't have done that. (laughs) But like you are landing on this island And then there's like a very colonial little settlement town thing you go to. And like one of the first things they say is like, we need stone and we need wood. So you like run outside the settlement and start cutting down all the trees. And because it's an MMO, you're also there with a gajillion other people. So it's like the whole forest around this town is like devastated, like not a tree for miles. And I'm like, this is too real. Why? I mean, like those trees will spawn back in. It'll be fine. Oh, they definitely do. They definitely do. So does all the wildlife. But I'm just like, oh my god, we are hacking and slashing and burning. And why have we not learned? (laughs) Have we not learned? Exactly. Exactly. So, anyways, it's uh, yeah. Just like be aware that that's kind of the background on the development of New World, and it does make me feel a little bit icky sometimes. But um. I I am giving it a shot. I am I am trying it because it is the new hotness. And uh, so I have not had the cue issues that a lot of people have had in the last couple of days. And like, so they have, uh, they're not open right this second, but they will be opening up free character transfers um, sometime in the next couple of days. And they're going to keep them open for two weeks. So Right now, while I'm leveling and pretty much just doing solo content anyways, it doesn't really matter. Or not doesn't matter, but like, it doesn't matter if I'm on the same server as my friends. Um, I'm just kind of getting that out of the way. So I literally just picked a low population server because it tells you like how many people are in the queue and everything else. So I just picked a really low pop server with no one in a queue and said, make my character there because I guess... um, there's not a large end game. And again, this is just like basically what I hear from my WoW guildmates because uh, I, I knew nothing about mechanics or this game at all uh, in, like until Tuesday. <laughs> so um, basically what they've been saying is there isn't like a large end game PVE component like there is in Warcraft. Like Warcraft is very much like dungeons and raiding and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but in New World, it's mostly PvP. So I guess you can form uh like your what would be a guild in World of Warcraft is called a company, and each company has to be allied with a certain faction. And I think they have another fancy name that isn't faction, but I'm gonna call them faction. Um, and then you can take over territory within the island of New World. Uh, I think it's called Ethereum or something like that. Uh, And 
so that's basically what the end game is, is just this constant struggle. Like, um, Ryan, did you ever play PvP in ESO? Because that's it's been compared to that for me. Uh, I may have accidentally played. <laughs> so there's kind of like right in the middle of ESO, there's like Cyrodiil, right? And there's like the three factions are in this constant like battle over control of Cyrodiil. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. kind of like that, okay. <laughs> basically. Um, so all of the companies, all of the guilds are kind of like constantly vying for control of territories. So you have like rep with the towns and you have to gather um, or earn gold in order to like buy the town charter, I guess. <laughs> and then like you control the territory and then other people can like other people can still be around and be questing. But um they have to like overthrow you by force. So they basically have to like declare war on you after you've purchased the, the town. Um, then they declare war on you. And then there's a big giant PVP battle sort of thing. Um, again, I don't know this is all end game stuff. I don't know enough to really tell you anything about that or the PVP or whatever. Cause I think I'm only level like 10. Um, I have only played for a few hours, but um, yeah. So that's kind of like where I am so far is like making my way to my first town, you know, killing boars, crafting rations. Like <laughs> it's very um, it's like start of a game, start of any game at this sure. point type stuff. Um, but I have um, interacted a little bit with the like the skill trees and stuff. And it's pretty interesting because it, it does pull... I'm going to bring up ESO a lot, I think, um, in comparisons here, which is a good thing because you guys know that I love ESO. Um, and so you can, as a character, you can equip any kind of weapon that you want and any kind of armor that you want. So um, you have like proficiencies with weapons. So I've been running around with a sword and a shield. Uh, and so like my sword and shield equipment... Uh, Sword and shield. I can't even think of the name. <laughs> like my skill. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not equivalency. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. My skill using that specific weapon is like a six. Okay. Um, I just recently found a bow and you can equip a like a sword in one slot and then a bow in another. And so my my skill with the bow is like a two or three now. And so those skills um kind of give you different proficiencies that's the word proficiencies oh uh, yes like yes yeah okay yeah elder scrolls yeah. type stuff yep yeah so then each different weapon has a different skill tree and as you level up your proficiency in that weapon you get points you can put into a skill tree and then that unlocks new moves and stuff so like the first thing i unlocked for the sword was this super fancy spin move that let me do aoe damage i was like yay now i can pull more than one thing <laughs> this is exciting so, yeah, like you you kind of have a lot of choices to make there. I think the second thing I unlocked was like a shield bash sort of deal that like stuns your opponent and deals a bunch of like weapon damage and stuff. So hmm. you have choices to make in, in a tree for each weapon. And then you also have, um, I think it's five different skills that you level up when you level. So you have your uh, strength, dexterity, knowledge or or intellect i can't remember what it's called um constitution maybe there's basically like there's one for health there's one for the healing staff and then there's one for like the damage staff 
um, heavy weapons and then one for like light weapons and 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 arrows and st- that's the dexterity one. So each of those five skills impacts or like makes you better at a different kind of weaponry. So you can like choose to put all your points into like strength and be like, I'm just going to wield heavy weapons and that's it. I don't care about staff. I don't care about arrows or nothing. I'm just going to be strength, strength, strength. And I'm going to beat people with a giant battle hammer. Uh, that's a thing you could do. <laughs> so it's a, it's a pretty, like from my character standpoint, it's a pretty simplistic system, which I kind of like, because I know that's a huge like barrier to entry when it comes to ESO specifically, where there are so many talents in so many trees. It's so hard to know where to spend your skill points because you can spend your skill points on anything. <laughs> so it can be very daunting. Whereas this is like, hey, we made our weapon super complex, but it takes a while to unlock stuff. And we made our like characters really easy to understand. You have literally five things. Like, what do you want to be good at? Let's go. Um, so I think they found a nice balance there giving people who want complexity complexity, but not making it overwhelming. So I think that that was a good choice. Um, But speaking of not being overwhelming, their character creation sucks. (laughs) Like (laughs) It's like you can't choose um, like any. There's a very, very, very limited customization. It's like, do you want a boy body or a girl body? And it's kind of cool that you can like then give your girl body facial hair. So like they do have like gender fluid options in there but uh there's like no um no body changes allowed um there's like probably 20 different faces and probably the same amount of hairstyles in pretty basic colors and um what else could i change oh then there was a bunch of like scars and tattoos and stuff but like you it was just it was 20 default faces you couldn't go in and change anything about like any part of your face like you can like i mean god you can spend an entire day making an eso character because they have a slider for like how wide do you want the bridge of your nose now how high up your face would you like it like (laughs) it's very very like granular and specific new world is not that (laughs) Hmm, that's too bad i really feel like I remember, you know, when it comes to character creation, it was always like, well, you want to spend as much time as possible with the character creator because you're going to be playing this character for hours and hours and hundreds of hours. Yeah, they give you a warning as soon as you say like, okay, I'm done. They're like, all right, just so you know, you cannot change your name or appearance or anything about your character from this point forward. So are you sure, sure? (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's funny, like... Uh, this is this is i'm not the target market for mmos anymore i think like um when i hear people describe a new mmo and when i see uh, i i will say this i have not looked into this one a lot i've just seen what has sort of come across uh, my feed and on websites and stuff but like they all they all sort of blend together for me and and i mean it's it's tough like i i'm sure new world is doing some new stuff um, they all try to do something new, but at the end of the day, it's kind of this like weird disconnected combat that really throws me off, you know, like it's, and it's just by design because they have to deal with a, you know, a massive amount of players all being in um, the same area. So it's like, it, it has to be that way. But yeah, like I'm, 
I, I'm not at all sort of like looking at New World and be like, man, I can't wait to jump into the next MMO. But I'm, I'm glad that people are enjoying it. Um, I think that it's really cool when a new player enters that space, even if it is Amazon, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I'm I'm curious, like for me, the biggest draw, uh, the, 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 the draw that gets me to come to these MMOs is, is twofold. Like there's story and then... Um, sort of a respectful way of doing away with the subscription requirements. So mm. I know this is a pay to play game and that you buy the game. Yes, but it isn't as much as I thought there was going to be. Um, so I assumed it was going to be like new next gen 80, 90 bucks. And it sure. wasn't, I think it was like 50. So I kind of like oh. saw the price of it and I was like, Oh, okay, I can do that. Like, that's not too bad. Um, and then, yeah, like, uh, so I'll be completely honest. Again, I have looked into this game a total of zero. So all I can say is that at least the first 10 levels are free because nobody's bugged me for a subscription yet. So who knows? But, uh, but yeah, so I think, um, yeah, they're monetization wise. They haven't outside of the, like you said, the original cost, the pay to play of the game. They, there's no like real money store there's no extra dlc there's no subscription again that i've run into so far for all i know i'm gonna ding 15 and then they're gonna be like pay us now and i'm gonna be like nope (laughs) yeah because i think like the the thing about mmos in general um so eso is a little bit different because for that one like the story pulls me in and i'm not there for the mmo part i'm there for new elder scrolls story content but For any MMO to pull me away from Warcraft, which is going to be much, much easier now than it ever has been, um, the group content has to be, like, worth it, right? Like, I'm not invested in this story really at all. Like, the story so far seems super duper basic, and I know I'm still in basically what is tutorial land, uh, and I haven't really dove into the story at all like the story is basically like hey you found this new land i don't know why but you seem to have survived when all of your friends died uh by the way they're zombies now you should probably go kill them uh and yeah that's also there's this thing that's all black and red called corruption and we're not really sure how it got here are you trying to escape (laughs) like is it like lost where you're like i gotta get off the island then i gotta go back no No, that's the thing. Like, you just kind of accept that this is your life now. Uh, They tell you that, like, once you're here, you can't leave. And so you just live here now. So you better make the best of it. And you went through like a like, (laughs) is this kind of like, okay, right. So you went through like a magic portal Bermuda Triangle type thing. You you enter this like big, huge storm. And on the other side of it is this island. (laughs) Oh, so it's like, is King Kong in it? (laughs) not that i've seen so far but that doesn't mean he isn't somewhere (laughs) i mean maybe and i think that like i so when you wash up on the beach i think you have a chance up on there's a whole bunch of different like starting zones basically because everybody's just humans there are no like there's no race choice or anything everyone just is humans Uh and Hmm. you all land where you land and then so your first settlement that you come to is basically like random Um, from what I understand, because like I've seen people tweeting that like they want to play with their significant other, but they washed up on different beaches. Like, what do you do now? (laughs) So 
it's uh, they've made some interesting choices, um, all of which seem to be very like anti play with your friends, which seems like the opposite of what an MMO should do. They should make it as easy to play with your friends as possible. But maybe I'm just like not far enough into it yet, because, again, like I've only played a couple hours of this. I'm only level 10. Like there's so much more of the game to come. So I'm sure. Well, I will be talking about it on the instance on Friday with uh, Garrett and Scott, who are both further than I am. And then uh, I'm sure I'll give you guys an update probably next week and the week after and just let you know like where I am with this and and what's kind of happening and if it's dropped off and everything else. Because like, I will say like my WoW guild is like, can we just go over here and not play WoW anymore? <laughs> like <laughs> Blizzard is uh, is really, really shedding players like my WoW team is made up of a lot of people that I thought were just going to be like ride or die in wow for the rest of forever and they're just like oh we're kind of done this game is shit <laughs> like there's gotta be something better out there so i mean i'm not one of those people to champion the idea of like a wow killing mmo i think there's space for everybody but it is interesting mm -hmm. to see um how many people seem to be at least giving new world a chance um so again i'm interested to see where they take the story and hopefully there aren't too many icky feeling moments, but I'm definitely on edge about it or like being extra observant for those like colonizer moments and just kind of crossing my fingers, though I don't have a lot of faith in Amazon. <laughs> um, just kind of crossing my fingers that it's not too bad, I guess. Like, I don't know, but we'll see. I'll, I'll definitely keep you guys up to date. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm wondering, uh, you know, one last question before we move mm -hmm. on. Uh, is, is PC only, right? It is, yeah. How does it run on your computer? Oh, my God. So bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. Okay, I totally forgot to mention this, but apparently uh, if you have an EVGA uh, 3090 video card, do not run this game. It will melt your computer. Like, actually, literally. They put out a statement saying that they had um, an issue with the soldering that they used on the, like, on the chip on the board. And they, like, it'll literally, like, catch on fire and melt. Like, do not run this game. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's very much like, um, it, it has a, technically, I meet the recommended specs for my computer, but um, I think it runs or has the capacity to be a much nicer looking game than what I'm currently running it at. I'm running it at all low settings, capped at 30 frames per second. Um, like it's it looks terrible. I, like I don't even really necessarily want to comment on it because I know that I am running it on like the very base lowest possible settings. <laughs> so but yeah, on the very base lowest possible settings, it looks like crap. Okay. Oh my god. And the the jump animation is so bad that I literally don't jump. <laughs> it's so bad and so awkward. It's like your character tries to jump by like raising their knees to their chest. Yeah. Isn't that how you jump? That's how I jump. I don't know. It just like it just looks so awkward. <laughs> Like my torso doesn't move. It's just my my feet leaving the ground. So it's yeah, not really a jump. It's more like a moving my legs over short objects. <laughs> like I don't know. It's like it's like you're running forward and then all of a sudden to jump, you kind of like lean back and try to do like this like tuck move or something. I don't even know. It looks so freaking awkward. Anyways, but it sounds fun. <laughs> it 
just it's just so weird. I'm not don't even think I'm describing it well. You should just go watch a stream and then you can laugh at their jump animations. But anyways, um, yeah, the, it, on my system it looks terrible. But I think that that's just me trying to be like overly cautious because I I do like. I just meet their recommended settings on my current computer. So, yeah. Um, but anybody who has a, a newer graphics card will probably be a lot better off. Yeah. The price sounds right. I mean, the fact that it's 50 bucks uh, Canadian, that seems like a decent uh, price entry. I'm sure there are in-app purchases as there always uh, is for these type of games. But the fact that they don't hit you with a subscription, like that's a big deal. I think, um, I think most MMOs going forward, like have to be, um, yeah, the the subscription yeah. model is really not the way to go. Um, I'm I know that Blizzard is really entrenched in the subscription model for WoW, but I'm not even sure how much longer they're gonna be like it's gonna be viable for them. Like everyone else has moved away from it. People don't like it. Um, they're they are losing a lot of players. Like we're having a lot of trouble recruiting, and uh, yeah. So I mean. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. And all this stuff, obviously, outside of the game isn't helping Blizzard right now either. And uh, we're going to talk about that in the news segment in just a moment. Uh, but before we go there, wanted to take a moment and thank our latest patron. Thank you so much to Russell, who is our patron of the month this month. If you would like to support this show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. Or you can head to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2021, where we are in our 10th year of supporting the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals through the Extra Life charity. So uh, Ryan's going to be updating the team page in the next couple of days with some of our stream dates. We're really looking forward to it. Um, House of Ashes is going to be our first stream. We're going to be uh, playing through the next game in the Dark Pictures anthology, which I'm really looking forward to. Hopefully I don't break my controller this time. I'm actually thinking so... My brother, my brother got me a really awesome customized Xbox controller for Christmas last year. And I'm like, Don't <laughs> I think use I'm going to, yeah, I think I'm going to use the one, the new one from the Series X. I'm going to use that controller instead because I'm like, I don't want to break my super nice, like purpley blue Cosmos, like has my emotes as the buttons like controller. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I think that that's, um, that's probably what I'm going to do because, man, man, that <laughs> freaking uh, Little Hope made me jump so hard last year. But, you know, as long as you guys are entertained and as long as it makes you donate to Extra Life, I'm all down for it. Broken controllers and all. So, again, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2021. Uh, and also, Ryan, you're doing uh, an Avengers night soon? Yeah, so myself and uh, my Dungeons and Diapers crew are single-handedly keeping Marvel Avengers in the news by uh, playing uh, that game uh, live Friday, October 15th, starting at 8 p.m. We've got a full crew, myself, Crofton, Whirlwind, and Travis. You probably recognize Whirlwind and Travis from the TGI Discord. And uh, we're going to be playing Avengers to raise funds for Extra Life, and uh, we'll be playing live... Uh, we'll put all the details on our Extra Life page so you can go there and you'll see all the details on Twitter as we get closer to October 15th. But uh, yeah, a bunch of fun streaming events coming up probably starting in the next couple weeks. And uh, like Jocelyn said, I'll update the page and we will let everybody know once that information is up there. 
Perfect. Uh, so that brings us to the news portion of the show. And as I alluded to earlier, we do have an update from Activision Blizzard. Eventually, we will go one week without an update from Activision Blizzard. But uh, they have settled one of the, I believe, three lawsuits that are currently against them. Uh, this one was the uh, EEOC which is the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, uh, which is a... So this this actually, this suit got filed against Blizzard on Monday, and apparently it was based on a three-year investigation, but then they settled, like, the same day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was It was wild. It was like, I heard about the lawsuit being filed, and then it was like, immediately there's this 18 million dollar settlement yeah yeah this was a a wild one like blink and you missed it and you kind of thought yeah is this the original lawsuit that got settled because it seemed like uh the other side of you know the non-activision blizzard side was very upset with how things were going with the investigation and and blizzard was not cooperating Mm -hmm. uh but no this is uh this was a new lawsuit filed um earlier this week and then like you said settled and uh and yeah, it's just, um, it's really odd. Uh, it seems like obviously there was enough going wrong and, and still going wrong in Activision Blizzard that a bunch of different places have sued and, and uh, have brought forth charges to Activision Blizzard. And um, it just so happens that I guess Blizzard was cooperating with, with these, with the investigation to a, to a degree where they, they were able to settle almost right after the lawsuit was filed. So um, mm-hmm. to me, it felt very much like a, like, like just this weird thing where like the official filing was like a formality. They already knew what was going to happen when it was filed sort of deal. Yeah. Like blizzard Activision blizzard was, I keep saying blizzard, but Activision blizzard was, was prepared for this one in the sense that they yeah. were, they, they had their settlement on the go. And, and obviously there was, my thing is like this news broke I think an hour before I recorded the Patreon mini. And, and I'll say what I, I'll say here what I said there is like I re- I really wanted to see the employees reaction to this news. It has not been positive. Yeah, exactly. And it, you're right, it hasn't been positive and, you know, looking at the numbers alone, like 18 million is a drop in the bucket. Yeah, that's that's really where a lot of people got discouraged, I think, is that like when I first saw this, I was like, "Whoa, 18 million, that seems like so much." And it's like, "Well, yeah, when you make like 50,000 a year, 18 million is a lot, (laughs) but when your company's worth 70 plus billion dollars and your CEO is set to make over 150 million this year alone, you're kind of like, oh, that feels super duper gross. (laughs) So uh, apparently uh, the EEOC, uh, from from what I've seen in in some other articles, um, is essentially like bound by... Like bound by law, obviously, but it's like there's uh, it, it, the amount of money that they're allowed to ask for her like wronged party is capped. So this basically is like the largest sum of money they could ask for from Activision Blizzard. So even though it sounds like it's not a lot of money, it's the most that they could because they're also suing for a very specific, um, like a very specific small amount of people. Basically, it's not like the um, 
Department of Fair Employee Employment and Housing, which is which was Cal- the state of California, the first lawsuit that kind of broke. Um, this is a lot more focused, I guess. And so they weren't allowed to just like ask for a billion dollars. <laughs> it was like we have XYZ number of complainants and we are representing them and we can ask for like, I don't know, $20,000 each. I don't know the actual numbers, guys. Do not quote me. Mm. Uh, Just trying to give examples so you can kind of try to wrap your head around this. Um, So then these, like uh, this fund kind of all comes together. That's where the $18 million comes, figure comes from. And then, so I guess... um, these people can claim money out of that fund. Like, so employees can go and claim damages and then any money left over after the, like uh, left in the fund at the end, um, they're going to create a, like a, um, like a a non-profit or they're not, sorry, they're not going to create a non-profit. They're going to donate the unclaimed funds to a non-profit that focuses on advancing women in the gaming industry and tech sectors. So um, they're kind of saying like this $18 million will go to employees and charities, which is probably, which is, you know, it's a good thing. Definitely a drop in the bucket. Employees are really pissed off. I don't blame them at all. I still think like Bobby Kotek should make $0 for this year. I mean, the fact that someone can make $150 million in a year is fucking disgusting anyways but let alone him uh but yeah um there's still a lot of lawsuits that have yet to be um settled or finished and uh we'll have to see how it all shakes out but it was like i read a a tweet from uh one of the news sites that was basically like the investors are not really worried anymore (laughs) which sucks Mm. because like They've basically, this settlement has given, uh, I'll, I'll just read the quote from, from the expert. Uh, the settlement gives us comfort that monetary damages will remain immaterial. Worst case scenarios are off the table. So this really sucks. <laughs> like, I hope that this expert is an idiot and is totally wrong. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to see Blizzard raked across the coals for this, honestly especially with like everything that's coming out as a result of all this stuff. I mean, like there, there's reports of like, cause they, they have committed to removing anything that is related to people who are harassers or have been harassers within the company uh, who are hopefully not working there anymore. But like, that's the reason we're seeing a lot of changes in world of Warcraft right now. And like, I've even heard like reports of them having to like, go through internal files and stuff and like change file names and fix code and stuff that refers to all those file names. Like it's a massive undertaking because the devs are so disgusting. <laughs> like it's just like it, the scope of the problems at Activision Blizzard is just so huge that I don't want to see them get off with a couple of $20 million settlements, you know, like I, I want them to feel it. So, yeah. yeah, this is this is the first step for sure. But man, I I hope I hope they owe a few billion dollars by the end of this. Yeah. Well, the the struggle here is, um, as you said, like it's it's it isn't just monetary. It's also like the employees' demands have not been met yet. Yeah, that's a whole other piece. 
Yeah, is that like the very reasonable demands that the employees have said. Activision Blizzard's like, what? Sorry, is somebody speaking? Yeah, it's it's, it's very it's very gross. And uh, there was actually some breaking news before we started recording that. Uh, oh no! Do I even want to know? No, it's 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 good. Uh, Bungie. Okay. Uh, I I didn't get a chance to dig into it, but I I saw that um, the better Activision Blizzard King Twitter account was retweeting it and saying it was a good thing. But Bungie had put out a story, and basically, um, their they did a review of their internal sort of. Um, policies and stuff and and they are getting rid of forced arbitration which is something that is one of the demands of both uh, Mm. activision blizzard and ubisoft uh that has not been met yet but it it sounds like bungie is getting rid of that based on employee feedback and and obviously there's been a lot of it with with uh, everything that's been going on so you know it's proof that large video game companies can do without some of the stuff that that employees want um gone as part of their demands and and you know it's uh it's not impossible to to see change you know in, in this industry so hopefully um we we had just hoped that uh, we had hoped that you know we knew active the way activision blizzard worked and it was mainly like profit 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 and uh you're right like knowing that an 18 million dollar settlement uh, with with a lawsuit makes you know shareholders feel better. It's like okay, we're not going to lose a bunch of money to this stuff. I I think like we're going to see maybe we are going to see more damage done based on just consumers not wanting to engage. Like I don't know, like that Diablo two remaster came out and I haven't heard much since its launch. Like it's not a mm-hmm. tentpole sort of release, but you you have to wonder how is Overwatch two going to perform when it eventually comes out like yeah i think that'll be the the next big test right yeah i mean i i yeah we'll see uh so let's let's end let's end on a happier note yes let's talk about or well no no, no. I let's guess. let's let's go to the happier note please it's fine okay well i was gonna say i guess it how happy this note is depends on your feelings about chris pratt oh that's right okay I <laughs> but uh yeah there was a nintendo direct last week so ryan why don't you walk us through this all right yeah let, let's start with the uh the the cold opening joke that we had at the top of the show which is basically they they got around to announcing the english voice uh voice actors talent voice talent for the super mario movie that's being produced uh developed by illumination which are the minions folks um and a lot you know i think for me the uh from what i can tell and correct me if i'm wrong the internet was very upset with Chris Pratt as Mario, but everyone else was kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that works. It, it, am I wrong? There? Yeah. So I definitely Chris Pratt as Mario was the number one um, complaint or meme generator or sure. whatever. Like and people took issue with Chris Pratt and I don't necessarily blame them. He has one of those like voices pretty um i don't want to say iconic but recognizable i guess like he he has kind of a unique voice and obviously we haven't actually like there there's no there are no clips of the movie we do not know what he sounds like as mario but i mean like i honestly i'm a little bit worried that it's either going to be terrible or offensive or both (laughs) like i don't have a lot of hope here um so i'm definitely in that camp but um 
I, I think everyone else was pretty happy with the other announcements. So Anna Taylor-Joy is going to be Peach, and mm-hmm. you guys probably know her best from Queen's Gambit. She was the uh, the main character in that um, TV show. And then Charlie Day as Luigi, which, again, I have really no strong feelings about him. Like, I think he's going to be fine. I just think he will play Manic so well. And that is Luigi. Like- so, so he, <laughs> Charlie Day, you may know best from the meme with all the red string on the wall. <laughs> Oh my god, I saw the funniest version of that where he's got a Luigi hat on and it's like a red string showing like, where's Mario and how many ghosts are there? Like just this whole like Luigi's Mansion version of that meme with him in the middle of it with his screaming face and Luigi hat. I just, man, I lost my mind. So like, I mean, I think he's probably going to do a really good job. Uh, And then the one that I kind of raised an eyebrow at, but that I'm totally on board with because of his work in the, um, oh, what is, oh, I'm totally blanking on it now. The board game that comes to life. Jumanji. Jumanji. Jumanji, where he like played the teenage girl. Like he did so well. (laughs) Like I was not expecting Jack Black to play a teenage girl and also like a scientist. (laughs) Like, and he did. It was great. So, I mean, like, I was not the biggest Jack Jack Black fan, like, 10, 15 years ago. But I think that, like, uh, he's he's grown on me a little bit. I think just the, I don't know, not that there's so many of these characters that I'm like, wait, that's going to have a speaking role? Yeah, that's the thing. (laughs) These characters don't have speaking roles in their traditional mainstream video games. Yeah. And I think that's where I, like... I re- I see this list and I'm like they're all very good actors who can who have a voice and I get it Mario's iconic and Chris Pratt he is it feels like I honestly get it it feels like stunt casting like who are we going to get to play our main character's voice um yeah Chris Pratt like but who else would you have put in there like people thinking you should put Charles Martinet in there I don't know if I want to hear the regular Mario voice for an hour and a half mm. talking and I, but I also, I also know Chris Pratt wouldn't have been my first choice, but I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Cause we don't know what any of these characters are going to sound like. And yeah. yeah, if the trailer launches and it's bad, then of course, yes, internet, let's figure this thing out. We'll, we'll create a change.org signing. Yeah, just like we did with Sonic. We got them to remake that when it was terrible. Yeah. And this is easier. It's voice, right? You just I was going to say, it. yeah, it's voice only. It's no none of the animations, hopefully, maybe cross your fingers, that they actually get the characters right. I mean, who knows? But how do you mess up a plumber? No, exactly. <laughs> like Nintendo is very involved with this project. We had this conversation on Dungeons and Diapers because we recorded literally right after the direct and... And and Crofton brought it up. I think he was hoping that I was going to be super mad. But at the end of the day, like, I'm indifferent. I'm like, a majority <laughs> of this cast is fine. Um, the movie is still going to be a, a big tentpole movie from Illumination, which is known for Minions. So, again, you got to know what you're getting into. But the Grinch movie they put out, like, when you told me, oh, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to play the Grinch. Like, yeah, that's stunt casting. He's huge. Get him to voice your main character in an animated film. But he was fine. It was the Grinch again, but it was still a fun film. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I don't even think I watched that one. <laughs> it 
it's it's uh it's, it's the, the Grinch, Grinch for a new generation. <laughs> I I watched the Jim Carrey one in theaters when I was a kid, and then I took my youngest to see Benedict Cumberbatch uh voice the Grinch and he did a fantastic job because this is what they do. They they hire these actors. I don't think Shigeru Miyamoto and the folks at Illumination are getting together and being like, "Hey, you know what? We need to get Chris Pratt." It's like I'm pretty sure they made him try to do a specific voice. And he has said, Chris Pratt has kind of addressed this. He's come out and said, there is a voice. He can't say it. He can't use it right now. You'll hear it eventually. But they've been working really hard on it. And I'm not sitting here being like, let's let's all just like sit here and hope it's going to be great. But I, I, think, I think we can wait until the trailer comes out before we... <laughs> Yeah, you before know. we really rake them over the coals. Um, I also hadn't seen this, but <laughs> Seth Rogen yeah. is voicing Donkey Kong. That sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean... I mean, I'm, d- I'm down for Seth Rogen in basically anything, so uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, the thing is, like, it just it's just so difficult to try to put a voice to these characters anyway, and then to try to imagine where the actor and where Nintendo are going to take these voices. Like, it just... Like, I have no idea if this is going to be good or not. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> it, it could be bad. And I, I'm just willing to wait for a trailer. Like, I, I think that mm-hmm. the way Nintendo has talked up this partnership and I like any other company, you'd be like, uh, no, they're just they're obviously just trying to get a movie out there. But Nintendo has been very protective of their franchises, especially when it comes to adaptations and I, I could be wrong, but I really feel like they're going to try to make the best Mario movie they can. But I'm not sitting here saying this is going to be the next great animated film that's going to win Oscar. No, it's still going to be a Mario movie, guys. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I, I and don't also think you're going to hear Chris Pratt in your Mario games. Like it's th- that's not going to change. Like you're still going to yeah. have, you know, your your traditional mario but we knew he was going to be voiced by someone i'm just like everybody saying like yeah who would it be well that's the thing i have no idea who my other choices would be like none whatsoever i'm not sitting here going oh i know better for this cast here's my list like i have no freaking clue who should play these roles like i don't know so i i'm willing to to give nintendo the benefit of the doubt anyways and we'll see how it goes but uh yeah Hopefully there's <laughs> hopefully there's a trailer soon to kind of just shut people up. <laughs> yeah. And or just prove them right, prove them wrong. Like I, I think mm-hmm. uh this is the beginning of their sort of, you know, uh press for the film. Like it's oh, been a- I thought you were gonna say this is the beginning of the Nintendo cinematic universe no. and I was like, well, Ryan, don't, don't <laughs> honestly look, you guys want a Zelda movie? You're gonna have to go see Chris Pratt in the Mario movie. I'm just saying y- it's, oh, that's so true, and I really do want a Zelda movie. <laughs> yeah. Voiced by um, Orlando Bloom. I don't know. I can't think of. He's not really around anymore, is he? Uh, who who would who would you who would they cast as Link? Because you know he'd have a speaking role, right? Because they'd have to they'd have yeah. to make him talk. Um, just trying to think of like Benedict Cumberbatch as Link. There we go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Benedict Cumberlink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there. Show title. Um, I, I think that uh, we'll get a trailer. It's coming out next Christmas. So I imagine we get our first trailer. Like maybe they save it for E3. That's the other thing. It's very wild that like Nintendo included this in their direct. It's not normally like this should show us that, that they are taking it. They're, they're holding it a little closer because this is the first news we've had. 
and the only news we've had of the Mario film. And it's being di- it's being directly delivered by Nintendo through what they normally reserve for their video games. So, like, again, we should maybe give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And I could be wrong, but I feel like this isn't coming out through the trades. This isn't coming out through Illumination um, or, or a commercial. This is Nintendo telling us who they got to voice their mario movie and um yeah so presumably these are the best of the best i would think but who knows we'll we'll have to see we'll have to wait for a trailer is there anything else from the direct in terms of actual game stuff that you want to mention yeah so they announced a couple of uh this direct actually funny enough had uh announcements for two other directs so animal crossing is going to be getting a direct presentation in october as well as the final smash character that's going to be announced uh october 5th so there was sort of like, hey, stay tuned, announcement of an announcement. Um, but the biggest news, I'd say, in terms of, you know, a game that was revealed almost five, four years ago was Bayonetta 3. It got announced uh, at the Game Awards 2017. They finally unveiled the first trailer for it, and Bayonetta 3 will be arriving in 2022. So um, a lot of people are excited about that. I'm excited. I, I really enjoyed the first two, and... Um, I'm glad they've finally gotten around to showing us Bayonetta 3. It uh, it looks very Bayonetta <laughs> and action-packed, but I'm excited to see where that game goes. And uh, also a post-apocalyptic Kirby game. So hopefully you enjoy uh, traversing the world of cartoony Horizon Zero Dawn as Kirby. So I was going to say, those seem like two concepts that don't belong together (laughs) like super puffy pink kirby goes into the apocalypse like what (laughs) it's it's uh, the (laughs) post-apocalypse yeah post you're right post post post-apocalypse um it's really interesting because this is a this is a 3d kirby game in the sense that it's a, a 3d uh, um, so yeah, they've had 3d games, but they've always been on a set on a 2d plane. So in this case, it's a 3d, uh, open world, uh, roaming game where you can kind of traverse the world similar to super Mario Odyssey, sort of like, it doesn't feel like it's an open world, but sort of has these like larger areas that you can explore in any direction that you want. So that's kind of a first for, for Kirby in the sense that they've always kind of kept his mainline adventures, um, 2d. So I'm kind of excited about that because I remember before I was like really into like looking up everything about a video game and and before you could really, you just kind of went by the back of the box. Um, I remember Kirby on N64. I was like, I'm so excited to play Kirby, but Super Mario 64, this is going to be great. And then I, I I started playing. I'm like, Oh, it's 2d. What? (laughs) So uh, I'm excited. Um, You know, I don't know when that game came out, maybe like 2000, the year 2000, Ryan is super excited right now. He finally got what he wanted all these years later. <laughs> Only like 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it'll be worth the wait. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It does look super like Super Mario 64 styles. <laughs> yeah. It looks like it looks like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I like the idea of Kirby games. They're always a lot of fun. But I, I always felt like uh, there was just always something missing. And I, I hope this one uh is able to deliver on that but yeah like those were the two big surprises like if if we didn't have that mario you know news to talk about like it's kind of weird it was kind of like a a, an info packed direct Mm -hmm. oh we didn't even talk about the n64 stuff they're adding n64 games 
and Sega Genesis games to Nintendo Switch Online, and you can buy an N64 controller, how does a $50 US likely wireless N64 oh. controller sound? Oh, I'm in. Yeah. I am I am in so hard. <laughs> yeah. I I love that controller, honestly. Like when I know it's weird and I know they've never made one like it ever again, but I remember uh, honestly like part of the the really cool part of the Nintendo Switch online service has been being able to play those games with the recreated, you know, um very faithful controllers. Like I have the wireless SNES controller and it's like you're transported back to the early nineties playing super Mario world. It, it, it feels like just like those early days of Nintendo. And, um, it just feels right. It does. Yeah. And I feel like playing super Mario 64, uh, it, it is in it. So it's a, they haven't announced pricing for this new tier, but essentially you're going to have to purchase what they're calling the expansion pack for Nintendo switch online. So it is a premium tier they're calling it of Nintendo switch online. So we don't know what it's going to cost, but um, considering Nintendo switch online is, is fairly inexpensive. I think it's $25 Canadian a year. So gosh, I don't know what they feel they need to charge for us to play N64 and Sega Genesis games, but yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with, you know, what do you say? Like probably 35 is what they probably just tack on an extra 10 bucks. I feel like that that's likely what they're going to do, but I could be wrong. Yeah, who knows? So there's Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, uh, which will have online play, which is crazy. Oh, what? Yeah, uh, and Ocarina of Time as well. Um, I'm going to continue to cross my fingers for Majora's Mask, but, you know, I'll take Ocarina of Time. You know, I've only played it like 800 times on many different consoles. Why not play it on my Switch? They actually had uh, a teaser of upcoming games, and you'll be happy to know that Majora's Mask was on there. So <gasps> what? I missed that. Yeah, that's exciting. So like, there's uh, so alongside the launch games, they also said there was going to be coming later on Banjo Kazooie, which is funny because that is a game that is kind of tied up with Microsoft right now. But but very nice of them to to include it. Uh, Pokemon Snap, Majora's Mask. Uh, speaking oh, of Kirby. Paper Mario. Yep, Paper Mario, Kirby 64, Mario Golf, so uh, F-Zero X. It really, it sounds really cool that they're adding online where it makes sense. So Mario Kart 64 online, that sounds fantastic. Um, I imagine that's just player to player, like in the sense that you and I would have to play uh, together instead of like queuing up with randos online, which I'm honestly, that that's fine by me. I mean, if this thing, well, this thing will be out in time for Extra Life, so I think think we know what we're doing on game day we're gonna play mario kart 64 yes yes we will yeah and hopefully we'll have our n64 controllers <laughs> i don't know i don't know if they'll arrive in time but uh fingers crossed oh man i'm so stoked about this yeah i've never been more excited to buy a wonky 50 dollars controller but uh, right <laughs> i'm here for this yeah, I'm just, oh, this is this is so good. This is all good. So I, I hope you guys enjoyed us ending on a, on a happier note. Uh, but that is going to do it for us tonight. If you want to join the conversation, you can head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. A reminder again to support Extra Life, if you can, by heading to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2021. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>